da, 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 da. What's up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Horde. This is screaming Gary Horde. And this is this is pro wrestling podcast celebrating the past, present, future, history, legacy, and tradition of the greatest sport of all time, pro wrestling. And I'm here with on drums. It's Will Martin. What's up? What's up? I probably really reverse the order because Will actually plays bass and reels, and uh, so. But slapping the bass this evening, slapping the taste out your bass is the doctor of folk. Boom, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. That was fire, boy. Man, you sound like every kid that just learned how to play bass at Guitar Center. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, I just expected something a little more funky out of you for air bass. Like just you can do on, anything you want. You can do anything you want, and you chose like the elementary song. I wrote this song. Funkomatic. 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 Ow. How about that? I would tell you, it sounded a little like Heard It Through the Grapevine at first. That's what I thought you were going with. But that's not even a song that really exists. So, yep. All right. Well, <sighs> welcome everybody. Welcome Woodland Goblin, Dave, Scooby, DJ Duck is back. Good to have you, my friend. And uh, also so many others. Thank you for joining us. Jedi Warrior in the building. Uh, everybody watching that's not in the chat, you can join us on YouTube and jump in the chat or on Periscope or on Facebook or any of the places. Uh, we got a lot to get into. It's the midweek review and there's already so much that's going on in the world of professional wrestling. So we're going to hang out here with you for the next couple hours and just leading into your big shows for the night, AEW Dynamite and NXT. I want to throw on a hat because my forehead is just broadcasting its old signal here. And I don't, do you guys see that? What is yeah, that? That's okay, yeah, man. I'm just wow. the get their popcorn, pull the car up. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like I'm a digital Gorbachev. There's your new screen name. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, uh, I guess we won't waste any more time. Let's uh No, I have a hat on. That whoa, whoa. that's TV magic, everybody. That's Let's get in the loop without a hat on. Quick costume change right there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Took off my pants, put on the hat, and this party's ready to go. Wow. <laughs> That's a Gary party right there. Sure. That is right. Uh, so, hey, thanks so much for being here. A lot of you out there, not in the chat, if you're watching and this is your first time, we'd just like to remind you, if you feel froggy, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can uh, join us regularly. If you hit the little bell icon, it'll alert you every time we go live. Mm -hmm. We usually go live on Wednesdays to do a midweek review, but... Who knows? We might get wild. It might be on a Friday. It might be on a Saturday. You know, we crazy. But if you already are here and a subscriber, make sure you hit the like button on this video on YouTube because it helps us get in front of more people. We're also a podcast. We are as God made us, and he originally made us as a podcast. We've evolved into a YouTube show, but uh, you can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever podcasts are available for you, and you can go to our online store at nwafam.com where there's Wonderful merch, just like 
this zip up hoodie. This is not one of the hoodies though, but there is one that says this is pro wrestling right there. So the national wrestling. Alliance. Right there. Where's that right there? Says that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Here we got yeah. something like this too. Don't we got something like that too with that little logo right there? Not yet. We're working on it. That would be cool. I do like that logo. Will designed that logo. Thank you, Will. You're welcome. Anyway, what's up, Clint? What's up, Jason Hawkins? What's up, J-Cow? We've been fighting all day, so if you haven't joined our Discord, <laughs> that's another place to join us. We got uh, Alex Taylor in the chat, my man. Yeah, look at that. It's, it's going to be a good night. But as you just saw from the logo, we're keeping you in the loop. So uh, I guess the thing I've already seen pop up in the chat that we should go ahead and discuss right off the bat, if you guys are down, is this. It's a reunion. What? Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers there with Don Callis on Impact Wrestling. If you watched on Tuesday night, it's like the Good Brothers reformed. What's happening in wrestling? And now not only did they reform, if you watched Impact Wrestling, what ended up happening is their uh, machine gun Carl Anderson had a match and uh, he ended up rolling to the back. He was fighting Alex. Uh, no, not Alex Daly. He was fighting Chris Saban, I believe. And then they went to the back. They were battling it out. And then Luke Gallows showed back up. He'd been out for a little while. And he came back and he started fighting. Then Rich Schwann showed up and he super kicked Gallows in the face. And then out of nowhere with one of those like slippery wood wet sides, boom, right across the head. It was Kenny Omega. And he was there. Ooh. He was sick of seeing Rich Schwann prance around with the title. He said, you might be the champ here, but when you're in wrestling, you're in my world. And... uh and so there he was. And then they challenged the three of them. So now we have at Impact, Hard to Kill, Saturday, January 16th, Kenny Omega will be joining the Good Brothers. And they'll be taking on Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns. So that is going down. Fellas, what do you think? So, Gary, you're telling me right now that something that happened in another promotion in Japan in Ring of Honor years ago that was very popular, a stable of people, and they went their separate ways and they did their own thing. You're telling me now on another promotion, they're they're reuniting? That's right. Weirdly enough. That, yeah. that doesn't that that's yeah. that doesn't Can't happen be. in pro wrestling. Can't be because yeah, one of them, like one of them's the AEW champion. There's no way that one champion why would, yeah, why would he even why would he even be on impact? That's yeah, it was dumb. super weird. You're making so, stuff up. Yeah, I know. It's not on the, weird. the AEW guy was on Impact Wrestling to reform a stable from New Japan to take on these other guys. So I, I'm sorry. Next, you're going to tell me that an, an NWA title is appearing on Dynamite or something. Uh, <laughs> will I, never I, happen. Will I, never happen. Okay. <laughs> oh, my mind's blown. But no, in all seriousness, uh, I love it. I, I love uh, all joking aside, I love the continuity. It, it makes me so excited. Um, I love that it's something that people can sink their teeth into immediately because there's history there and everybody knows it and nobody's ignoring it and acting like it didn't happen. Um, and so it's an it's a it's an alliance that I can believe in. No pun intended that they would form and start a group and be united against common enemies. And uh, so I, I'm super excited to see where that goes. When, uh, when is that? Um, Hard to kill. That's in January or February. 
It is actually coming up January the 16th, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, January the 16th on a Saturday cool. night. Yeah, man. I might have to check that one out. Um, I haven't I haven't watched any Impact pay-per-views. Uh, I don't think ever, uh, unless it was like a replay. But uh, yeah, that that that's enough to get me excited about it. I'll, I'll tell you that. Rob, is this possible? Could this be real? Could could wrestling promotions cross over like this? Is that a thing? It almost seems like uh, that most promotions out there, most important ones at least, are accepting the concept of, of cooperation and the idea of meta promotions, or almost something analogous to to a territory thing. I'm not going to say just like it, axiomatically just like it, but very similar. What I'm excited about here is, and I saw J-Cow mention it in the, in the chat already, Motor City Machine Guns, man, they are one of the great tag teams. Chris Saban, former, former Impact, I'm not going to call it a world champion, but former Impact champion, um, you know, and Motor City Machine Guns, they were active at the time that, uh, that, you know, the British Invasion were active uh, or, you know, uh, uh, Desmond Wolf and uh, and uh, Magnus when they were you know doing their thing as a tag team uh, back in those Impact TNA days. So it's it's neat to see that the longevity is still there, the relevance is still there. Uh, of course, Machine Gun Carl uh, Anderson and and uh, DOC Luke Gallows they are a, a treat to see every time. They're entertaining. They're very athletic. Uh, and Kenny Omega with this new attitude, I think, is is going to be one of the hottest commodities, if not already one of the hottest commodities in the world. I said it again the last two shows. That's the missing ingredient. I mean, it's not like he's never had attitude before, but now it's it, it's there in, in full measure. And I, I'm really pumped about the direction of this. So has Kenny Omega's involvement in Impact uh, driven either of you to check out the show further or check out, like, uh, be more in tune with what's going on? Oh, yeah. I mean, I... I, I mean, I don't mean this to sound, uh, you know, as bad as it's going to sound, but I, I wouldn't have watched the past couple of episodes if he wasn't on there. And that's just because we've talked about it before. It's not uh, it's not an, an indictment on uh, impact as a promotion or as uh, the quality of it. Um, it's just that, you know, we kind of each have our preferences and, and I prefer, you know, Ring of Honor and uh, AEW and and those and so i have to kind of pick and choose i don't watch any wwe or nxt either so um it's not about the quality of it but but, but because there was that crossover storyline it was immediately interesting to me as a wrestling fan because that's just such a, a a new and exciting thing no matter who you are no matter what promotion is is your promotion or that you're a fan of you, you need to tune in to see like what's going to happen you know and and to see how they're going to do it and so that i've definitely tuned in because of it and i think too uh that and we've said this before so this is not going to be news to anybody that that's a regular here on the show or um the, these these are within the same sort of font family i guess <laughs> of of wrestling <laughs> promotions that we like they're the same they were very related in <laughs> it's not that uh it's not that uh there's not any hokey stuff going on ever. I mean, there's hokey stuff in the NWA too, you know, let's, let's call a spade a spade. Uh, but, you know, Impact's doing some things that to me, you know, some of the things they're doing, and don't, don't get me wrong because there were people involved in this that I really think the world of, like Crazy Steve and, of course, Tommy Dreamer, his reputation precedes it. But that whole murder wedding with Johnny Bravo was just over the top for me. It's like, come on, guys. And then the match there at, uh, at Final Resolution – 
Tommy Dreamer versus Larry D. If Larry D wins, he's acquitted of all murder charges. <laughs> like that would really work. And that stretches the limits of plausibility more than even Mongrovia does for me. Uh, <laughs> but then you've got a lot of like legit prize fighting from people that are just re reputable, respectable talents. I mean, from uh, Eric Young to Rich Swan to, um, you know, Deanna Prazo to, um, I mean, the, the, the talent is just. You know, I love the the influencers. There, Caleb with a K and Tanil Dashwood, who I think is like they're they're uh, Britt Baker. She's fabulous on the mic. She's really intriguing. Um, it's just a, there's a lot of good stuff there to, to to get into. That manic angle they did, where uh, you know uh, the the final uh, Rohit defeat challenge, he would take on anybody but TJP, and who shows up at Manic uh, in the which obviously is TJP behind the mask. <laughs> All these allusions to things that you see throughout wrestling history, these old swerves that that we that if you know the business, you know what that you know exactly what they're doing there. Uh, so it's a treat. It, it's 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 a lot of fun. This is a, a vibrant time. Get all things being considered, this it, it could be a lot worse. Totally agree. Uh, also worth mentioning on Impact this past week, just to give them a shout out. Uh, Steels and Hogan won their uh, first round or their semi-final round our girl tasha steals there we remember her from nwa days and they are advancing on in the women's tag team title tournament the knockouts tag team title tournament kira hogan and tasha steals beat taya valkyrie and rosemary so uh our uh, former nwa women's champion jazz still in this thing team with jordan grace and they're taking on havoc and navaya is that how you say that name navaya Nevea. And so that match will probably be next week, I guess. But uh anyway, so just uh that's also going on. It's right board there. Uh, that that if you can you throw that bracket back up? I wanted to point out uh the team C Stars is actually featured. They have a they have a spread in PWI this month, uh article about this team, and that is uh Ashley Vox uh is in that tag team. So if you look you you count Ashley Vox, you've got uh You've got Jazz, you've got Tasha Steels, and I'm, I don't know if I'm missing anybody, but you've got three immediate NWA talents that at least that have been that are NWA alumnus that are represented in this tournament. And Jazz, of course, being the, the biggest of them all. So, yep, that is uh, very cool. Cool seeing our, uh, our, our baby NWA, uh, they're still being represented well by the uh, alumnus, as Rob put them on the. Uh, other other brands that are out there right now. Of course, NWA Shockwave is on right now. If you haven't checked that out, it is available. If you missed all the UWN Primetime Live stuff, that's something you can uh, get into. It's, it's still pretty fun to go back and watch those matches. Uh, Allison Kay took on Nicole Savoy this week, and uh, they also had the Aaron Stevens uh, versus Trevor Murdoch national title match where Trevor mm -hmm. Murdoch won the national championship, which was very, very cool. And, uh, of course, Zicky Dyson, Effie, took on Watts and the Pope. And that is leading to a TV title match between Pope and Zicky uh, Dyson. Zicky Dyson was very disrespectful to the Pope at the end of that matchup. Man, I'm going to tell you, you got to watch this episode of Shockwave, guys, because if for nothing else, you're going to see one of the great pieces of oratory in wrestling history, very much in the vein and tradition of Dusty Rhodes when the Pope takes the mic. And uh, I know we've talked about it before. I don't want to spoil the uh, the surprise for anybody who's going to, because it just came out uh, come out today, right? Or yesterday? Yesterday. 
Okay, that's right. Okay, so we, so um, it's uh, man, it's uh, woo. You want to? That's one you want to. You're going to draw quotes from motivational pieces to put on posters and memes and and whatnot. Totally agree. And uh, so Shockwave has been a really fun watch. Like if you, especially if you haven't caught the stuff already, it's a, it's really quick. It's always like, like 45 minutes if that. And uh, so it's a uh, very easy to watch. They kind of just Joe Galley hosts and they jump right into the matchups. Uh, it's, it's very cool. Um, and uh, see a lot of talk in the chat about like Jedi war talking about hoping to see Trevor Murdoch show up somewhere else. So that would be cool. I'd like to see any of the NWA talent pop up anywhere else they can right now. And uh, just like Nick Aldis did at Grimsley, Tennessee this past week. So defended the uh, World's Heavyweight Championship against Fly Brian Pillman. Or, well, no, it's just Brian Pillman Jr. So I don't think he goes by flying. So Rob looked at me. Very, what we, I was trying to think, wait, what is, what is somebody, help us out, somebody in the chat. He, he does have a nickname that he that he went by there and uh, that he goes by, that he went by there in Grimsley. He was like, Bulletproof Brian Pillman or something That's like that. Right, I feel That's like it is. Yeah, that does feel right. So, all right, <laughs> nailed so, it. You got it. All right. Well, uh, so we've covered Kitty Omega. We've covered Impact basically, top to bottom. So we can always come back to that stuff, guys. We'll of course do Falls Count anywhere by the end of this show, and we'll uh, we'll hang hang out with you folks in the chat. Let's see here. What else is in the, in the Oh, in the loop, we had an interesting post by uh, by Brian Cervantes, Brian Rosa, not not just an hour ago, and of course, and I I, I don't want to assume anything here, but you know Brian's always talking cryptically, and there are all kinds of there are all kinds of talents in Mission Pro. These are three of the high, the, three of the standout students. There's Jasmine Allure on the top, of course, Bert Vixen on the left, and uh, the one and only Maddie Rinkowski on the right. Uh, we have been saying that at least two of those three, and I uh, really, if you're going to throw Rachel Rose in there, you've got uh, you've got a tandem of four that are going to be the foundation of young talent as Mission Pro moves forward. But I just I just thought that interesting that he pointed that out. And I hope I'm not like you know just making too many assumptions or anything. But you know we know Brian. He's a he's a family member. He's a friend of the show, and he. Uh, he always speaks in riddles, so I just – I don't know. Maybe we need to keep our eyes open. It is very interesting that this picture showed up. Yeah, like you said, Jasmine Allure and uh, Maddie Rinkowski. And uh, why did I just forget her name? Burt Vixen. Burt Vixen. God, why? What's wrong with me? This happens to me every show. But anyway, uh, that there must be something going on with these ladies. Who can tell when it comes to the great Brian Cervantes? He's always dropping hits left and right. Will, you look like you're just lost in thought, like you're just... You're telling me that these three ladies that are part of Mission Pro Wrestling could potentially do something else? Man, they're students at the Dawn Pound Dojo, bro. Listen, hey, it's so funny you brought that up. Yeah, all three of those ladies. You can find them here at the Dog Pound Dojo. Oh, uh, oh, oh, oh. Sorry. Right there. You can see it. I went the wrong way. Yeah, me too. In San Antonio, Texas, you can get trained by Rodney Mack, Jazz, and Thunder Rosa. You know what? <laughs> I like this view where Rob's just gone. Let's just stay like this the whole time. It's actually pretty Ooh. comfortable. This is just a steady five-hour ad 
or the dog pound <laughs> dojo. No, I'm just kidding. We'll bring Rob back. Where'd he oh. go? <laughs> <laughs> I heard him scurry away. I knew he was up. So. <laughs> Hopefully, he went to feed that child that's creepy. I know, man. Around. Somebody's watching her, right? No, it's just me tonight. I put on <laughs> baby's heart because she's strapped in the in the high chair, and so <laughs> she'll be all right. <laughs> nah, of course, I'm just, <laughs> she got curious. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Well, what else is on everybody's mind tonight? Uh, let's see here. Well, let's jump back into the news here. Uh, here's the other big story I think coming out of the first part of this week. Monday Night Raw drew the all-time lowest rating that they've ever had. Hmm. Uh, they averaged 1.527 million viewers, which is down 12% from last week's 1.7. Uh, and uh, this wasn't even like a halfway through. They just fell off. This was a, uh, they just disappeared and they didn't show up at all for this, uh, for this episode of raw. And uh, they actually, I think the final tally had them losing the 18 to 49 demographic completely uh, to like AEW dynamite defeated them uh, in the numbers for 18 to 49. So that is an interesting side. So for all of you who, have constantly said, no, there's nothing, nothing getting close to WWE. Well, something's getting pretty close to WWE. AEW is doing it, and uh, and and you got to think. I mean, and this is not me like blowing smoke up AEW's, but I'm just saying that there's a real possibility AEW, especially at this rate, uh, since most of Raw's viewers, I think, and especially NXT viewers, are the older side, they could all just fall off eventually. Who knows? Who knows what could happen to the world? Uh, but the uh, AEW is sneaking up, and they're going head-to-head -head with another wrestling show on Wednesday nights, and they still managed to beat Raw at 18-49. to 49. So just pretty interesting stuff there, I think. But uh, any thoughts there, fellas? So you're telling me <laughs> that a television show that for the past – five, six years has steadily declined in creativity, believability and innovation and, and interest. You're telling me that the ratings are going down. Hmm. Uh, this is, I don't know. Uh, no, it, it's yeah. to be expected in my opinion, because here's, here's what's happening hmm. as well. I think we're, we're also looking at the Kenny situation. Right. And I think we're seeing a whole group of people that might have been on the fence. And now that we're seeing some crossover, I think there's a large group of people that are like, all right, I got to now I got to watch impact. So raw is going to fall off that, that I can't, I can't do three hours anymore. I want to, I want to keep up with this Kenny Omega situation. I want to see what's happening in, in AEW and, and how this is going. And so I think there's a large chunk of people that are, are suddenly uh, not disinterested in WWE, but as we mentioned before, there's a pecking order for everybody. And there's like, okay, maybe you watched Raw casually every week uh, and just kept up with it and then kept up with AEW. Well, if that's what you're doing right now, AEW is incredibly more interesting to follow. And if you're going to follow that, then you got to keep up with impact. So that's another, so, you know, naturally something's just going to fall off your radar. And, you know, I think that's, what's going to happen. And I, I did read some stuff that said, you know, to expect some pretty uh, aggressive counter programming for raw. I think they've been kind of coasting because they're, they they do not have head to head competition. 
And so my hope would be that maybe they would shift gears a little bit and kind of ramp it up and, and make raw a little better um, in, in light of this, because now they see that it's not just competition for NXT on Wednesday night. Now, this same group of fans, the same people that are crossing over and watching different stuff, they're on the fence about whether or not to keep watching Monday Night Raw. And that's that's what they're going to have to deal with. So I think they got to take off cruise control and they got to start um, putting together some compelling storylines that make sense to true wrestling fans and try to try to pull some of that audience back. Yeah, I'd be interested to know what the what the uh, if they've got numbers there for NXT, the actual head to head numbers, uh, because I, I think Front Row would agree. Although I, I find AEW much more compelling right now, NXT of all the WWE products, all of the brands seems to be the most coherent and most oriented around uh, championship fighting. Uh, it's something that I watch. I like NXT. Uh, I think uh, Tommaso Ciampa is one of the best things going right now. I love that thatch is thatch can uh, deal they're doing, which is sort of a nod to, to old school training and, and, and school. And, and you got a, you got Tyler rust uh, who as a UWN mainstay is now being involved in there, who had come in as, uh, as thatch's student. Um, lots of, of course, Finn Balor is fantastic. You've got one of my favorite guys, Damian priest who uh, is just, gosh, man, he's another Roman reigns as far as I'm concerned in the making, you know, um, you got a lot of stuff going there. So I'm wondering if the, did they mention anything in that story about, uh, about the, the ratings for NXT. I was looking to see if I could find that actually, uh, because the, uh, the article I was looking at there did not have it. Uh, but let's see if I can find something. Well, it seems to me like, I, I don't know that, I don't know that NXT is going to be drawing better numbers just because their appeal is going to be to an older, more discriminated audience like like us here on this show and in our chat family there. Uh, and kids are going to be more inclined or drawn to the to the raw stuff. So I don't know that, but I'd be I'd be interested to see how they compare to AEW. And again, I, I don't yeah, know. Last this point. Last week, uh, AEW had nine hundred ninety five thousand. And NXT had six hundred and fifty-nine thousand. Okay. Yeah. But that's a whole that's a whole other point, though, because and I've said this before. I think that NXT viewership. I I think half of the people that are watching AEW would also watch NXT if it was on another night, because there's a lot of synergy between those audiences, and they move to Wednesday night or they they you know, started the the counter programming and kind of forced everybody to pick a side. And I think that if that wasn't the case, um, then, uh, I mean, there would be a lot more crossover. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, AEW would be the one that could go head to head. I mean, we were talking the other day about, uh, I can't remember who it was, who it was, whether we were talking about the, the decision by TNA back in 2009, 2010 to go head to head against, uh, the WWE and it being a disaster for them uh, because they obviously, I mean, even though they were bringing in some big names, they didn't have the resources to compete on the level of a Vince McMahon. That's not so much the case with Tony Khan. This guy's got just as much, if not more resource, probably more resources than Vince does. And he's more, uh, you know, financially, um, there seems to be more to dispose of there. <laughs> and so, uh, but it sounds to me if those numbers are correct and I don't have any reason to believe it or not that, that 
AEW is holding its own against all of those products. So, yeah, Jason uh, Fight pointing out that uh, NXT's top viewing demographic demographic is fifty plus. They they reg AEW regularly beats NXT and yeah. uh, now and especially in the eighteen to forty nine. I think they've even when they've had those moments where they flip flopped. I think AEW stayed on top in that demographic. Uh, yeah, that was the that's always the one that Tony Khan points back to that. That's all he cares about, you know, basically. So also making a good point that they won't go to Mondays because Khan, you know, has family ownership in the NFL. So that's a, a good point also. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, true. I don't think AEW well, wants to move it. it, it w, WWE could move or NXT could move, but they won't. And uh, yeah. well, let's not, let's not, for, let's not forget that, you know, AEW launched and, and, you know, despite some of the the cheap shots they've taken at WWE in promos and stuff like that, um, I, they've been pretty clear. You know that they they didn't intend to create the Wednesday Night War. I mean, they announced Wednesday Night Dynamite, and then promptly NXT decided they were going to start a live show, and they started it like a week or two earlier than Dynamite was supposed. It, it was just it it was it was. WWE reacting to AEW, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's important. So I don't think that Tony Khan and AEW are, are trying to go head to head. I think they just want to create a successful wrestling promotion. And if there's, you know, stiff competition on Monday night, they're not going to go to Monday night. That's not smart as a business to do that. And so he wants to be a smart, smart business as well as a, a good wrestling promotion. So I don't see them ever like actively going to try to go even, you know, even the pay-per-views on Saturday nights, like they're not, they're, they're not going head to head with any WWE pay-per-views, even if they fall on the same weekend, you know, it's, so I, I just don't see AEW as the one that's trying to uh, go head to head. I think it's all reactionary from, from WWE. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, well, AEW had the night in the first place. I mean, that was just where they were going. Right. That's all WWE is just, just playing games. I I don't think they want. I mean, think about if NXT wasn't there, like the numbers potentially that AEW could be pulling in right now. And uh, so, I mean, that's basically the point you're making. And uh, but it it just it's interesting to 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 see. I don't know why's why WWE so petty. <laughs> Vince, baby. Uh, here's yeah. the other thing I will talk about just for a brief moment is that uh, <clears throat> one worry I have is something you talked about, Will. We're talking about Monday Night Raw. You said uh, coming up WWE booking, you pointed out, going to be uh, reactionary to what's going on right now, to dropping to the lowest rating of all time for, for Raw. Uh, that that worries me more than anything, actually. Yeah. Like, I wish that I felt confident that that was, I mean, you you gave the one side of it being like, maybe they'll wake up, maybe they'll just start some great booking. But I don't know, man. I just feel like that's going to, like, what does that mean? Where is Vince going to put that blame is my, that's what I'm curious about. Like, does he think it's Drew? Does he think it's like, strip the title off Drew? Like, let's, let's give it to the Miz. I, I mean, uh, clearly he does. Come on, Vince. Anyway, I'm just saying it's uh, it's interesting to think about like what he thinks is the problem. If he's still got any grasp on on what that could be, yeah, I'm just I'm just kind of curious where he's going to go with it. Maybe he'll maybe he'll uh, reignite Gilberg and take a shot at 
Schmini Oshmega, and they'll have their own knockoff, you know, poking fun. I don't know. You never know. And and Vince is is so much older now and less, uh, what's the word? Less tactful. Less. Uh, he 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 just he doesn't have any boundaries anymore. <laughs> so, uh, who knows, man? I was trying to be positive about it, but uh, yeah, I, it scares me too. Yeah, I mean the thing is, is like NXT's not bad. Like NXT's got a lot of good stuff going for it. So it's not that the creativity is not in the company somewhere. It's just I don't know. It feels like there's no there's no consistency in Monday Night Raw. If I'm this in our in our Discord today, so you can see me stumbling over my words because I'm trying to find the way to softly approach. <laughs> without sounding too critical but uh again that's not punching down this is wwe we're talking about so i'll just say it raw is raw is tough man i started the fast lane podcast with monday night raw because i'm like i don't blame anybody for not sitting here for three hours and watching this show it is not great <laughs> and, then, and then you realized to do the show, you had to watch the three hours, and you yeah, were like, well, canceled after one episode. <laughs> I, uh, I, justify, I justify uh, that with the uh, I, I watched the Hulu version, which is an hour and a half, and it's also while I'm doing other stuff, it's just all in the background. So I get my basic notes of what's going on. But if you haven't heard the podcast episode of the uh, uh, Fast Count today, or for, for Monday Night Raw that I posted like yesterday. It's, uh, I mean, I go into detail about it, but it is like literal stuff like Bray Wyatt is just hanging out in the middle of the ring, talking to his puppets at ringside. And I don't know, you mentioned Mongrovia earlier, Rob, but I'm like, I don't know, where's the cutoff, cutoff here? Like, I just need to know it's like Bray talking to someone in the back, like come out here and stick your hand up these puppets' asses and sit at ringside and like, wave them around for a little while or like are we supposed to believe this is like some uh spiritual thing we can all see or that these are a species of creature that are hanging out because the superstars are like interacting with them in the back too like if you thought matt riddle's character right now could not be booked to be more annoying <laughs> well watch him interact with rambling rabbit and it is and you have to autograph a carrot it is it's terrible it's just yeah. it's just not good and uh and then the whole scene where i mean like bray is hunting for randy orton and he sees a dark room with a rocking chair with a spotlight shining on it so of course he that's where he should sit and so he goes there and randy orton attacks him from behind and throws him in a box pours gasoline on it and lights it on fire yes and if you didn't see that raw you might imagine this is a pretty big deal. Randy Orton threw Bray Wyatt in a box and murdered him, set him on fire. And you, I, I bet you're thinking like, what did the announcers do? Well, let me tell you what they do. And I quote, and this is literally the tone. Michael Cole goes, oh no, Bray Wyatt's in that box. <laughs> it's, <just> like, <laughs> it's like, yes, Cole, he's killing him. Right now, he's murdering him on live television. And you're all just watching. But don't worry. He's fireproof because then the uh, feed just comes out and puts Orton in the mandible claw. Anyway, I just spoiled Raw for you. There you go. That was the fast count, ladies and gentlemen. You're welcome for free right here live. Yeah, uh, we'll just cut that part out. We'll post it on the audio. Yeah. 
So anyway, I, I will shut up about Monday Night Raw unless you've got something to add, Rob. I know that that's your favorite show, so I didn't mean to crap on it the whole time. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's like Bray Wyatt too, because I really like that guy, and I think he has so much to offer. And I, I, I don't even mind the theme gimmick. I think it's kind of, you know, I like horror, and I think that's that it's uh it's frightening, you know, uh, to an extent. But then it's just like, come on, man, we're we're really venturing out of the realm of of simulated combat sports and now we're it's just strictly strictly cartoon you know and that's that's when it it no longer becomes a product that i recognize you know i can i can under i can stomach mongrovia because it is like we said it before it's it's a, a reworking of the traditional parts unknown guy under the mask i mean hidden identity i mean all that kind of stuff i i can stomach that and and they 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 pressed a little bit, and kids got into it, but it was never like we're. I mean, you know, you think back to to 1985, 1986, when Dusty Rose is getting jumped in the parking lot. I mean, there were people that they almost got arrested. You know what I mean? I mean, like the four, four horsemen almost went to jail for that, for real, because people thought that was legit. They sold it; it looked convincing. There was a real rivalry there that was that was. Hey, I, this is coherent. I can see this happening in the real world, you know. Uh, and there were consequences, and but they stopped short of killing him, and 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 it, 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 they never. I mean, it's just like, gosh, man, they're. And I don't want to to seem inconsistent, and maybe I am inconsistent, but it seems like there has to be some way to be compelling and intriguing, and and there has to be a way to work out the passion play and the mythology and the uh, all those kinds of things without just taking the intelligence of at least the adult audience completely for granted, you know, completely for granted. So it just feels like there's a drop off. Like, look, I watched the undertaker drop lightning bolts or Cade with his fire and stuff like that. So I I'd be a hypocrite if I acted like, you know, I'm just totally against all of this, but like, for instance, nineties wrestling podcast, uh, you know, to each their own be saying, I'll take watching the puppets than watching Effie on shockwave. Just saying. So like you could not like the character of Effie. That's fine. That's your old thing. But my, my point there would be is that at least Effie is a real person. And like, it's not a little rubber puppet, like interacting as though he is a character on this show that they could, that, I mean, he's interacting rambling rabbits, hanging out with, with Matt Riddle and Matt Riddle says he looks like baby Yoda. He's going to call him baby Broda. And it's just <laughs> look at Will's disappointment. I know I had to get that out just to see Will's face, but it, uh, <sighs> he it just, Will probably doesn't even know what you're talking about there. He probably didn't even catch that. What's, what's a Yoda. I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I didn't even no. think about that. But no, I like, yeah, here's, here's my thing. I am. I actually like, the creative, like I probably have a more generous uh, opinion when it comes to believability than probably both of you guys. Um, but there is a line. And I think that's scary. What you're trying to say is like, okay, when they're, when it's these produced segments in the firefly fun house, that's awesome. And it's not a matter of believability. It's just creative production and, and creative, uh, storytelling and character development and stuff like that. But there is a line that's crossed to me when you bring them out now into public and I know how puppets work. Right. And, and, and there's just a, an element of like, 
did you not just look and see, you know, and I'm not trying to like spoil the fun and all this kind of stuff. It's just, it's a preference thing, you know? And if, if, if you're a wrestling fan that, you know, that doesn't bother you, then that's totally fine. That I'm not, I'm not downing, uh, you know, people that enjoy that kind of stuff. This just happens to be one of the things that three of us here in the bearded trio really see eye to eye on that. There's a line that like, once you cross it, we're just kind of like, Hmm, I mean, we're talking about the same sport where, you know, you, you've got steel cage matches and you've got stuff like Josh Woods and Flip Gordon going on. Like, it's like apples and oranges. It doesn't even feel like it's we're, we're talking about the same thing. You know what I mean? It sounds like we're, we're like covering a, a rom-com and then we're covering a horror movie. Like two different two different sides, you know? Yeah, it just feels like there's no consistency. Like it's it's... I never hated the feed character. I'm not as hard on the feed character as I a love lot the of people feed. are. I, I I have fun with the feed. I accepted the Undertaker, so it just the feed feels sort of natural to me. Like I'm okay with that part of it. It's just for some reason the puppets just took it to a new level. I also have a weird time with Randy Orton setting Bray Wyatt on fire. I thought that was a little weird, but uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I mean you know gang assaults happen that doesn't and they, and that happens and you could see that they you know they came out there and 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 it was meant to be greedy and you know dusty Rhodes suffered a, a broken arm out of that that played into the storyline for a long long time it was much more realistic much more coherent much more of what you might see you know in the real world and i i see what uh woodland goblin is saying there that just because you know, the NWA tried something doesn't mean that they get a free pass on that ever. I mean, I remember Dusty Rhodes in the gorilla thing. It was silly. I didn't like it either. You know, it was obviously somebody in a gorilla suit. I don't think anybody took it seriously. But but that is like the exception to the rule. The NWA, that those were those kinds of things were few and far between. And there were a couple that I didn't like. I didn't like the Lasertron thing. I thought that was weird. And obviously, when we get into WCW, the Shockmaster is one of the, the butts of many wrestling jokes today. Um but uh, you know, but but to your point that you went on to say, Goblin, the NWA does it sparingly. It's not like that is the that is the product with WWE. It's at least on Raw. Not it's not really the case on NXT. I gotta I gotta give it up for them. They're doing some good stuff there. But on Raw, that's what it is, man. It's 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 crazy freaking cartoon carnival stuff the whole time, man. Not from top to bottom, and it's incoherent. I can't. Aside from Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre doing that that classic price fight, you know, there's not much that 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 WWE has on Raw that commends itself to to more discriminate, more deliberate, you know, more educated wrestling fans. I guess not to sound pretentious because the world's big enough, and certainly there's a um, there's a population that's eating that stuff and consuming it. It's just not for us. It's definitely not for me. Oh, Papa P, welcome, sir, uh, over in uh, Facebook, saying, I love the old days. I worked back in the 80s. We had people that would wait outside after the show just to follow you to the car if you were a heel. They would call you all kinds of names, maybe slash your tires. The storylines of today, in my opinion, just doesn't cut it. Um, I got to say, you say that, but I'm not 100% sure there's nobody waiting out in the parking lot for Ramblin' Rabbit and Huskus the Pig. They might be... <laughs> <laughs> I want to follow them to the car. And so uh, anyway, uh, the, I, I will say it did lead to one fun interaction. And that was with our truth who was talking to Huskus and uh, Bray came up and said, Huskus, I told you not to talk to strangers. 
And then R Truth says, You should listen to your daddy. Like, don't talk to <laughs> It's like, You guys have a beautiful family. <laughs> it was, it was it, that part I actually did, did pop a little for. So I'll give them that. So there you go. All right. What's next in the news? Let's give WWE a little something that might be sweet because I think we have other stuff that might not be. But how about this? <laughs> Uh, this is according to Josh Nason over at Wrestling Observer. During an appearance with Rachel Nichols on ESPN's The Jump, Ric Flair said WWE is building a physical Hall of Fame in Orlando, Florida. And talking about his gold robe for which the new Adidas Damian Lillard Ric Flair sneakers were inspired from, Flair said WWE had actually bought the robe for the Hall of Fame, but that the construction of it was being delayed due to the pandemic. Uh so WWE apparently has yet to confirm anything on this, uh, but they have a huge collection of memorabilia that they've stored in a legendary warehouse. Uh, in addition to the collections of thousands of wrestlers, the call for physical hall of fame has been out there for uh, decades. So interesting enough, uh, Flair say there will be a physical hall of fame. I, I've always liked that idea. Mm -hmm. WWE Hall of Fame is a little, uh, you know, it's controversial, like on who gets in, who doesn't, that sort of thing, just like with any Hall of Fame, I guess. But uh, how's that? How's that make you feel, fellas? I like it, man. I I, I would love to go. I mean, regardless, listen, um, regardless of how we uh, talk about the WWE consistently or anything like that, I mean, Gary was raised a WWF fan. There's always going to be connections. Uh, I'm always going to keep up with what's going on in WWE. Um, I'm always going to hope that despite our, our criticisms, it gets better. I would never wish that the WWE would go away. Um, I think they have the potential to be the proper, you know, ambassador of professional wrestling to the world and they have the connections and they have the talent and they have the know-how. Um, and that's why it frustrates me so much when we talk about these storylines. Cause I'm just like, you know, it's like when you know somebody that's got like limitless potential that they just don't use any of it. Um, that's the frustrating part, but WWE is, they've got a, a legendary history. And I think when it comes to something like a hall of fame, um, I think they're going to, do that right. And I think it's going to be a, a place full of memorabilia that would be interesting to all of us as wrestling fans, whether or not you like Ramblin' Rabbit talking to Matt Riddle or not. Um, I think there's going to be, you know, just just even mentioning, you know, Ric Flair's robe being on display there. I mean, I'd go pay for that, you know. And so if it's going to be things like that, and we know WWE's got warehouses full of you know, old stuff. I can't remember what um, I watched, if it was on the WWE Network or YouTube or something, but I think it was was Sean Mooney going through like a, a WWE warehouse and just looking at all the crazy stuff that was in there. And they had stuff from like Undertaker's time and, you know, a casket from one of his matches and this and that. And I just feel like that would be so cool, despite where you are in 2020 as a WWE fan. Um, that would just be cool to be able to go you know, visit a, a, a hall of fame, a physical hall of fame and see that kind of like memorabilia and stuff. Yeah. Like that, uh, casket that undertaker built for Kamala with the like stars in it and stuff. That'd be fun. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Rob, how do you feel about it? I agree with Will, man. I think this is something that, that, 
Vince has the capacity to do very, very well. Just a couple of examples. One of all the, you know, back, I don't know that they put out as many DVDs today because they, uh, because there's a, relying on streaming media and want people to, to invest into the network and all that. But they have a lot of fantastic documentaries where you can see that there still is a, there still is something inside Vince that, that loves the history of the business and can respect it. The more recent, um, you know, uh, I, I think of more recent ones like that weren't necessarily done by Vince, but the one they did on Andre the Giant and then the one before that on uh, um, the 30 for 30 on Ric Flair, where you had WWE cooperation into that. Um, the, those things just in, indicate that they that they can respect the, the at least the past, even if they feel like the times have changed and necessitated a, a transformation. I like the, the analogy that uh, I can't remember who said it earlier, but they made the point, I think it was uh, – uh, Rock says 79 that the WWE is now theater first and wrestling second, whereas everybody else is wrestling first and theater second. And I love that. That's probably that's spot on. Um, I mean, let's not forget the, the WWE. They may be uh, a, an estranged cousin, but they still are still they're they're real. I mean, the WWE was born out of an NWA title dispute. You know, January 24th, 1963, Luthez defeats Buddy Rogers in one fall. Not in two out of three falls. And certain promoters up north refuse to recognize that change. You can find that almost word for word on Wikipedia. If you Google it right now. Uh, because they re refuse to recognize the title championship on one fall rather than two out of three, the WWWF was WWWF was born. And uh, and you had there a good several years where there was some cure, you know, some confusion about who was the true lineal champion. Um, and so uh I mean, they're they're relatives, they're wayward cousins, wayward sons, uh, as it were. And uh, but Vince does have an appreciation for history, and if you, even if he doesn't, I know Triple H does. Triple H has that original ten pounds of gold hanging in his office because that's how much he venerates that championship. He has a personal friendship with Nick Aldis, the current champion. Um, they, uh, uh, it's you know, there are people there that have the resources, they have the stuff. They have a sense of history. They know that they're still – if maybe the younger demographic is enjoying the, the live programming, the older demographic is going to love the history, the museum, the Hall of Fame. So if he's doing this, I think he's fully capable of pulling it off. And if he does, this might be something that 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 can really reinvigorate his legacy among uh, prize fans like us today. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. I, I, I know that Triple H has that respect for it, so I, I have hope in all of that. Um, you know, J Jason Fiedt in there asking just to jump off WWE for just one moment right now. We're This is the part where you usually lose some of you. Don't blame me. You have to go over to MLW. Have you guys been checking out MLW? you have any thoughts on MLW and what they've been doing? Uh, I've been keeping up with it a little bit. I know uh, when we were in Tennessee last week, we um, we watched that last episode and watched it together, and uh, it, it's good, man. I can I can get into it. I, I dig the talent there. Uh, I'm into to this Leo Rush match that's coming up. Uh, the return of Hammerstone tonight. So Gary Hammerstone. I'm surprised, I'm surprised that Gary's not just disappearing and going to watch that, but I'm I'm sure you'll be watching it later. Uh, oh, see ya. Um, Hammerstone's calling. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm a MLW is definitely in there in the mix for me uh, to uh, each week to as I have time, you know, make sure I, I put it on and 
uh, try to start keeping up with those storylines more and more, especially, you know, um, we've obviously been uh, exposed to Brian Pillman Jr. a lot lately, and he's pretty active in MLW, Not apparently not as active as he is in AEW these days, but uh, he's still a part of things over there. And um, yeah, so I'm getting to know some of the talent over there just from watching. And um, yeah, it's it's definitely worth worth watching and, and keeping up with. Yeah, I um I, I get made fun of it, but I'm a I'm a big fan of this Opera Cup tournament that's happening right now. Uh, Tom Lawler's taking on ACH tonight in the semifinals. Whoever wins that's going on to face Low Key in the finals. And uh, Hammerstone's back. Uh, I think they. Uh, gosh, who else did I see was on there? Um, oh, I think uh, L.A. Parks on there tonight. Uh, so just some just some cool stuff uh, over there. MLW's got a cool vibe to it. I, we're, we're having a discussion at our Discord, which you guys should check out. And uh, while I'm talking about it, make sure you hit subscribe. All right. Anyway, uh, so the uh, the vibe in MLW is just different. It was one of the things I was thinking about. I got into a conversation with somebody about Impact that I didn't feel like, you know, even with this crossover with AEW, that Impact had much of a different vibe than at least with Ring of Honor. Uh, we can talk more about them because I know we're all fans of Ring of Honor, but Ring of Honor's got a cool vibe or a cool, just different atmosphere about what they're doing with their wrestling. And MLW is like taking place in that nightclub that they're at right now. So it's just kind of a cool look, at least, you know, even if you can't have fans and that sort of thing, it's just kind of neat to watch. Uh, I feel like a lot of companies are doing that right now. So anyway, Rob, did you have any thoughts on MLW you wanted to throw in there? No, I liked it. I, I I like the tradition of the of the Opera Cup. Uh, the the lesson you gave a few weeks ago on it um, appeals to someone like me. Uh, I know it appeals to 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 people like Will too, and and probably most everybody in this chat tonight. Um, the talent's good. Uh, it, it, there's a lot to to commend itself. We we like like Will said, we got to watch the most recent episode together in Grimsley, and it was it was fun, man. We saw some really good promos. And we were, there was one problem I can't remember. It might have was it was it uh, Leo Rush where we were just like we were there was like two minutes of two or two or three seconds of silence after that. We're like, dude, that was freaking good, man. No, it, no, it was, uh, was it was it was Tank uh, Cal is it Calvin? Oh, Calvin uh, Tankman. Yeah, Calvin Tankman. He cut a promo right after his opening match in the show last week, and it was just one take, and he nailed it, man. I mean, he was still pouring sweat coming straight from the ring out of breath and just killed it. And we all kind of looked at each other being, you know, lifelong wrestling fans. And we were just all kind of like, damn, that was good. Like, yeah. like we didn't expect it to be as, as polished and, and uh, really well delivered. And uh, so, yeah, that, that was one thing that got me kind of hooked. We kind of yeah. looked at each other because it got quiet. No one wanted to acknowledge it first. Cause we didn't want to get bullied <laughs> by the other two, which happens a lot with us. <laughs> so we were just like, you know, we were kind of getting signals like, I think Will was the one that finally was like, hey, uh, that was good, right? <laughs> we're like, yeah, 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 that was great, man. It was good. It was, yeah. it was really fantastic. Thanks, and Jason, I'll, for the MLW topic. And uh, Kevin for hanging out. Sorry, go ahead, Will. I'll, I'll say this, too. I mean, just talking about promotions. Um I'll try. I'll try not to name drop, but we did have the privilege last week of hanging out with uh, a, a wrestler or two that uh, has been around. How you doing? And uh, he was telling us that the best, 
the best advice he ever got was from Dusty Rhodes, who said, you can be good, you can be bad, or you can be different. And I think MLW, Ring of Honor, and AEW, there's all some, there's something about each of those that's different. Um, and that that's what really stands out and kind of draws me to it. And obviously the NWA. NWA is on a, a level by itself in terms of being different from other modern promotions. So that's, you know, I think that's a really good gauge when you when you look at wrestling now um, for how it can be effective. And I, I like MLW. I like that it's um, that it has just enough difference. Uh, I like the counter at the top of the screen. It looks like you're like playing a video game. I kind of expect like the energy levels to be right like going up and down, but it's cool. I like being able to look up there and see how long the match has gone on and it just adds an element. So there's subtle differences between, you know, all these promotions that we talk about that just make them really interesting to me. So I, I'm excited about it. One last thing on MLW Jedi warrior pointing out, uh, I will say as always MLW's championship belts are underrated in design and look, they look fantastic. That's a, that's a, that's a topic we had watching we had the last Same episode talk. together. We yeah. said the same thing, man. Yeah. Same except, going on today. Except they're very, very big. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, that world title Rob, is Rob, Rob found a giant in our Airbnb. Rob found a giant serving platter, and he was like, oh, I'm an MLW world champion. <laughs> and then I was like, my bad, MLW champion. <laughs> Not a world yeah. title. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, you know, world, Rob don't toss out the world champion uh, very easy. So you got you to gotta work for that. Uh, well, but, I wasn't quoting verbatim, but you get <laughs> oh man. But uh, speaking of differences, though, let's just guys, since we're on the subject, we're talking about another show I have been recommending over and over again to people. If you haven't been watching it, uh, it's free on Fight TV to watch. Ring of Honor is killing it right now, I think. I, it's one of my favorite shows to watch. Uh, they are they are fantastic if you just like pure. No, no pun intended, but there you go. Uh, if you just like pure wrestling action, like Ring of Honor is nailing it. Each each show for the past three weeks that I've I started three weeks ago, each show has two matches. That's all they've had, and and you would think that seems like a, a little bit, but they're only an hour long or it's an hour long show. You got two matches, and all the stuff in between is building up. Either the stuff that's coming up the next week or the matches you're about to see tonight. And and they do such an amazing job of their uh, promo packages, just just telling you the story behind these fights, what it means to each person. And uh, I, I just, God, I, if you if you haven't seen this week's Josh Woods versus Flip Gordon, that's I mean, that's already like my match wow. of the week as of right this moment. And uh, those two just took it to each other in a pure rules tournament. If you guys don't know that one, it's like they have like very specific rules about closed fists, rope breaks, that sort of thing. It's amazing. And then they spent like half the show telling you like Josh Woods just telling you he's a submission specialist and he catches you. And he talks about he's like uh, Flip's telling the story about how he wants to learn some new strategy. He's into BJJ and like he's trying to, you know, he wants to grapple and he wants the pure title. And uh, and uh, Woods is like telling the story about like, yeah, but it's even in your name, bro. Your name's Flip. You love the air. You love diving. And he's like, and the only thing I think of when I think of all that is you're hanging up in the air and easy to grab and, uh, and lock up. And so it's just this cool. St I don't know. I, I really, really dug it in the match. 
it, it so far every single match has paid off on this. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this week's yet, but I know you've been watching. Yeah, and I, I commented just another plug for our Discord. Um, there's a pinned tweet on our Twitter account with a link to join our Discord if you want to join it. But uh, we have a channel on there for every you know promotion that we talk about, um, and you can go in there and talk to other people who are watching. And I, I was hanging out in the Ring of Honor uh, channel earlier because I had it on. I finally had a chance to watch it earlier this afternoon, and I had the realization that I was ten minutes in, and there had not a match had not started yet. And I was still interested. And I can't tell you the last time that happened on a wrestling show. Cause typically it's, it's a WWE show or even AEW have done similar stuff. I mean, they, they tend to come out guns blazing, but you know, there's like a too long of a promo segment at the beginning and you're like, okay, let's, let's move. But I, I realized that, you know, there was 10 minutes of video promos and recaps and context being set up and I was into it. And I think the first match started like 11 and a half minutes in, uh, you know, the, the bouncers and uh, uh, PCO and uh, Briscoe. But like by that point I had not, at all lost any interest in it. That's how good they were at telling that story. So again, going back to the good, bad, or different, that's different. They have taken a different approach. They've said, we're not going to try to replicate everything else. And we're not even going to try to replicate what we have done in the past. We're going to, we're going to take what we've got, which is two good matches. And we're going to build a show and a production around it. And we're going to make it interesting to wrestling fans. And they did. And they've done that consistently. You can go watch the last three episodes of ring of honor and it'll take you less time than watching one episode of Monday Night Raw to watch all three of them. And I promise you, you will become a huge Ring of Honor fan if you if you haven't watched those yet. So, and uh, you'll feel like you got something out of it, and that you'll remember the matches. How about that? Like, what's the last yeah. time you remember like what happened on last week on Raw? Like, you just forget week to week. Sorry to jump in there, but that's another thing that stood out to me is like I remember all three weeks that I've watched so far of Ring of Honor. I'm like. Oh yeah, this guy fought this guy and this, you know, like that whole thing. That's that's cool, man. Uh, yep. Also, uh, worth it to point out that both matches this week are not like blood feud grudge matches. They're just like two. Uh, one, uh, there's a tag team match and a singles match, and in, in both matches, the guys all respect each other. They both like shake hands before and after the matches. They're both yeah. Like, yeah let's just see Code who's better. Yeah. They do. Uh, for those of you who haven't jumped in on that, I mean, you, you, this is a they, they do such a good job. They're they're sort of like boxing style vignettes where they're 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 spending a lot of time. It's almost like a documentary setting up the history and the context and why this is worth watching. That's one of the things they really do well. They do take time doing it because you're looking at two matches. Most of the matches have 20 minute time limits, and they eat up most of that time. Um, but you know, even even in a situation where you know Ring of Honor is built around the Code of Honor, so you've got some feuds there. But a lot of times, they they they're really good about cutting past the whole babyface heel thing. I mean, you can have a mean guy as mean and nasty as still go in there and respect his opponent, shake his hands afterwards, which is really mm -hmm. cool. Um, I like the fact that they put stats up there on the side, uh, statistics and the win loss records, and and they they paint a little bit of hist historical context. Like this guy's has like for example, uh, we have a PCO. 14 and three in ring of honor tag matches. They threw that up there. He's about to go into a tag match. You know, we've got uh Briscoe who's three and two in tag matches and he's tagged with four separate partners over the course of uh, that, that, that uh, 
in tag matches without Jay Briscoe. And among his partners were uh, Paige, Daniels, Bully Ray, and Necro Butcher. And so you see that there's something that's not quite there that hasn't quite clicked without Jay. Just little touches like that. Um, the matches are all very solid. To give you credit, Rob, uh, jumping in there, you said that last week. I was making fun of it at first, like just how silly the stats were. Uh, but I had to take that back because after you pointed it out last week, I was watching this week and I was like, oh, no, every single one of these statues or stats, they really statues. Every single one of these stats, they relate specifically to these matches. Like they're, right. they're, they're very important to what's – contextually to what's going on right this second. I can't imagine who keeps up with this crap. Yeah. And you got, and you got, you know, again, over the last three weeks you've had six matches and they, with, it, with those six matches, they paint a lot of context and then they fill in stuff that you might not have seen to build up for what's shaping up to be an amazing pay-per-view on Friday, final battle. Um, you know, uh, Brian Johnson versus Danhausen. I mean, Danhausen. We we haven't seen Danhausen yet on Ring of Honor since we've been watching him. But Brian Johnson's talking about how Danhausen. Why does he get this contract over people who work and just because they're fifty-two year old guys that live in their mom's basement that think he's cool, he gets a contract. And you know, you build some credibility. Then you got uh, you know the Foundation uh, versus Mark Briscoe and PCO. The first time you've ever had a uh, a pure tag team matches in this particular pay-per-view. I mean, you've got everything is, is relevant. You've got the pure title match and the world title, oh, excuse me, the ring of honor title match. Um, and this, I mean, it's, it's stacked, but they do a, a good job with little airtime to build a, a, a very, very, very appealing pay-per-view event coming up. So um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, I'm stoked about it, man. I wanted us to do a live watch of it, or at least, I mean, you guys still can, but I got plans with the wife and Christmas stuff, but <laughs> stoked for Friday. I was, I wanted to cover that final battle pay-per-view. I, I really wanted to do a live watch and a recap and all that stuff. Uh, maybe we can still do some kind of a recap, but uh, I'm excited to see it. I would have watched it either way, but uh, they've already sold me just in these past few weeks. Uh, Jason Fight did ask a really cool question in there. I'm just curious what you guys think so far in the time that you've been watching it. Like, who would you say Ring of Honor's like top star is? From what I've seen, yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess that's all we've got to go off of right offhand. But I mean, from what I've seen in these three episodes, and it's not everybody because they haven't been able to get everybody because of COVID to be there. But to me, Brody King uh, earned a title shot, and he's he's of the people that have appeared the past three weeks is kind of top of the food chain in my mind, because obviously that the ring of honor title is the top prize in, in the promotion. Um, and so he's got a title match um, Friday night. So that's a pretty big deal. I think Josh, the goods woods has been the most prolific um, wrestler that I've he's seen in, the ranks for me in general as a wrestler, like just oh, in man, wrestling. <laughs> he's he's on a level that I've never seen him on before. I, I think I said this last week, but I remember when he debuted in Ring of Honor and was just very promising. Um, but I haven't watched Ring of Honor a lot in several years. And now to come back and to see what – he and Flip Gordon both. I mean, they were both completely green when I first started watching Ring of Honor. And Flip was this clean-shaven, pretty boy, you know, uh, flippy-dippy guy. And now he's uh, – 
what uh what's his name now the reckoner what is it um comes out with the gas mask on i totally forgot yeah. i just watched it. mercenary is that what he's mercenary yeah. yeah so i mean you know he's evolved uh josh woods hasn't necessarily evolved or changed his character but he is just on a different level in the ring uh, and on the mic. I mean, his promos are so believable because it doesn't, he doesn't seem like he's putting on a character. Like he seems like he's just a fighter and he's talking and his background's MMA. And, and that's, that fits, you know, his character, I guess. But yeah, I mean, he, he's been the most standout to me, Josh Woods. Uh, you got to think, obviously PCO uh, is a big deal. Roosh is huge. Roosh may be the most important guy. Um, this revival of the kingdom, I think, is a big deal because Matt Taven has been a mainstay in Ring of Honor for a long, long time, and he, he he's been a consistent guy in that promotion. And as far as like tag team players go, even though they're not tagging, there's there's a little friction there, which makes for an interesting story going into this pay per view. The Briscoes, man, are are money. They're so good on the mic. They put off Eddie Kingston vibes. I mean, they're somewhat funny because they're just like they're they're talking like, you know, like. And I don't want to sound like it's meant to sound insulting, but they they talk like, you know, oh, like poor white trash, man, out of a trailer park, you know, and they're just real, like tough dudes, man, that have lived hard and they look the part. They're just so convincing and I like them a lot, man. And they're and they're fast and watching just I don't want to go too deep into this because you might hit on it later. and We might touch on it on Sunday, but uh, that tag team match, uh, the bouncers versus Mark Briscoe and PCO, this is a match that went a little over 10 minutes it was a very methodically slow-paced match. These are big dudes. You did have PCO getting some action off the top rope. But the moment Mark Briscoe tagged in, boy, the whole pace changed. I mean, this guy's going fast, and he's furious, and it's like it's like I'm, I'm on an emotional roller coaster in this match because I'm like, gosh, man, I can't keep – it was really entertaining, and it's it's good stuff, guys. Ring of Honor, that's good stuff. They're nailing it. They're on a whole new level. Uh coming back here right now they they have they've stepped up their game it feels like big time and maybe i just missed the boat earlier on or something but i'll be honest i had honor club at one point they finally got to a point where i was just coming out and say it i mean i kind of got like a little bored like i didn't care as much and like watching it now um my God, like I, I could say I was looking at Otter Club prices today. I was like, maybe I should get Otter Club again because Otter Club, like Ring of Otter is like my favorite wrestling to watch, I think, right this second. And uh, they're they're good, man. And uh, and and you guys all bringing up the names you did. One thing I was sitting here thinking is like they may be the best at having and like an ensemble cast of characters. Like they just have a bunch of guys that I feel like at any point you could throw in any spot, like just, uh, just between guys like the Briscoes and PCO and Brody King and, uh, the, the kingdom and Roosh and all of that stuff. It's just like, there's, there's all of these people like flip Gordon and the Josh Woods. Like you could see any one of any two of those people matched up against each other. And it just would make sense. Like it just, it doesn't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, and and the fact that we all had such different answers to that question and named so many different people shows you the difference there. You know, I miss, it, I, miss, I mean, the ones that came to my mind initially. Sorry, Will was uh, Gresham and Jay Lethal. I like I stepped mm-hmm. right over them, and I didn't mean to because they're they're another two that I think are 
amazing athletes. Gosh, and then you got other guys that are in there that are like so compelling too, like like uh, Vincent, man, Bateman. These are guys that this whole the righteous team that they got going. It is just really, really, really. It doesn't stretch the limits. You know, you're not going to see these guys in a in a in a pot in a wedding that's going to end in a in a attempted murder. You're not going to see anybody like dematerialize. They they're just scary dudes, man. Who you know it's it, who have kind of a spiritual bent. Um, you know, Vincent gives off these Rob Zombie vibes, and you know he uh, he he's comes out to that what's that the uh, uh, the murder monster or the horror monster or something like horror king or something like horror that. Horror king, yeah, yeah. Horror king, yeah, man. He's just cool, man. This is a cool dude, and uh, they're it's fun, dude. I, I can't. And I, I would say of all of these. Promotions, even though we're seeing NWA talent consistently on AEW, which I think is fantastic, and Impact has that. You know, our, our champion Nick Aldis has deep roots in Impact, and that's you know there was a time when Impact was sort of the rebirth of the WCW, as it were, with their with their you know uh, the reemergence of Hogan and all that stuff. Probably the promotion out there that is going to feel most like home to us is going to be Ring of Honor, you know, because. There's this constant interaction. There's been interaction with them over the last couple of years. They're all friends. I mean, they they all respect each other so much. They're all in constant dialogue and in conversation with one another. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't like to, to talk about booking and stuff like that, like we're smart to it or anything. And I don't really like to use worker language because I'm not a worker. But this is a well-booked show. It's a well-managed show. It's well-written. Um, and the, the, the talent... The ensemble cast that Gary mentioned is is tops. It, it's so so good. Yeah, I think this is another example too. Just just as Jason uh, mentioned in the chat, uh, it's different strokes for different folks. I mean, I I I prefer to have <laughs> kind of a a smattering of talent like that where I can sink my teeth into every you know level of the card, so to speak. Um, as opposed to, you know, a promotion where there's a clear, okay, Kenny Omega's the guy, you know, and nobody, like, he's the guy and everything else is going to be a little bit less exciting. Um, I, I kind of like that. Again, that's a difference that sets them apart. So I feel like from top to bottom, I'm a lot more invested. I'm, I'm getting just as excited about the bouncers as I am, you know, Josh Woods or Jay Lethal or these, these uh, guys who are, you know, would be more top tier on the card. Um, and so to me, that says a lot about how, how their stories are told and how their production goes. And, uh, I like that, but you know, again, different, different strokes for different folks. Yeah. Um, so we've, uh, we spent a lot of time, uh, let's see. Uh, well, okay. So we could, uh, throw into J Cal real quick. We don't leave this guy, leave this guy out to dry since we've been feuding today. Uh, I'm not trying to be insulting, but do you think maybe Ring of Honor is so good has <laughs> gone without good for such a long time? Um, I, um, I don't think that's it. I think it's like legitimately good. I, like, I feel like I'd be have been happy with this like a year ago. But I mean, you guys can speak to that. I don't know. I think it's a fair point. And, and I, I'm, I'm not going to act like that's not a factor. Um, yeah, it's been a long time. It's been months since we've had power, since we've had, um, you know, wrestling with fans, which creates naturally just a lot more excitement. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's really the first thing that I've gotten excited about in this, um, you know, 
empty arena era that we're in. Um, aside from, you know, some of the AEW story arcs and stuff like that, and some of the, the title changes and uh, debuts like Kingston and, and Ricky Starks and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's totally valid. I don't, I don't see that as insulting. I think you're just revealing another layer of it. I, uh, I think it does, it, it, it has become more prevalent for me personally. And I think for us, because uh, there is a lack of other things to watch. So I think that um, that's definitely a big part of it. I'm reminded of, uh, of a comment that was made uh, right before the first battle of bull run when, when the, you know, when there was some uh, anxiety about two, green armies going into battle and Abraham Lincoln makes the comment they'll, that they're all green alike. Everybody's green alike. And and the point I'm making, I guess, is that everybody is dealing with the same, the same landscape, not the same resources, but they're dealing with the same, uh, you know, lack of ability to travel restrictions on fan uh, participation. Uh, some, some jokers have teams are able to get into arenas and can afford to space people out and others can't. But Ring of Honor, I think their brand has stayed more or less intact with the exception of the fans. I mean, the players that we're looking at now, PCO, Rouge, Flip Gordon, the Briscoes, they're the same players still bringing the game that they that, that were there on the eve of the Crockett Cup, right before the world shut down. Um, so, and, and, I, and, and you do make a good point, J.K. I think that in, in any situation, you've got a combination of things that are at play. You've got to, you obviously have to have talent. And you have to have guys that can both work, talk, and convince you and sell. Um, then you have there's always a luck uh, that's at play there. You've always got booking that's that part that none of us have anything to do with. And you have just the you know you have the uh, the lay of the land, the landscape, and uh, you know uh, different promotions have had to approach this in different ways because of resources and because of all of those factors. But all things being equal, I think. Ring of Honor has proven to be a legitimate, entertaining, very, very good talent. And when, you know, when the world changes and grows and opens up and, 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 and those circumstances change for everybody, you're going to continue to see Ring of Honor do what it's always done, which is, which is put out, you know, put it out there, which is why all this shows up there, which is why the NWA works with them. I mean, they see eye to eye. I feel like they're, the product there is good. And I don't think it's, it's necessarily a feature of the fact that the, the the you know the pickings are so poor right now because I do think that wrestling is very vibrant right now given even despite the circumstances it may not be vibrant from a standpoint we had a very great debate on here with Dave Marquez about the presence of fans in the arena and how that adds to it takes away from and it was it was a good respectful exchange but I think that uh, yeah like Rock says says that uh, Rock says seventy nine Ring of Honor was good before COVID it, and it's good now it's adapted successfully. And and if it's the case that our perceptions are just dulled somewhat, then you know our perceptions are dulled. That's the audience they have to play to. We're the best audience are going to get. They're the best we're going to get. So uh, it goes both ways. But yeah, it's a good product. I think I think um, sometimes you stumble upon a really good movie because nothing else is playing at the time. And I think that's that's what's happened. It, it's not it's not an indicator of how good or bad. Like Ring of Honor doesn't seem better because there's not enough competition. It's just that now it's more visible because there's not as much competition. So now we're being exposed to it more. Whereas, you know, if this was a year ago and powers on and full fan wrestling is happening and 
you know, everything's as it was a year ago, maybe we don't even give it the time of day, even though the product was still good. Doesn't mean it, it's, it's, it's worse because we didn't choose to watch it back then. But now, yeah, I mean, it's slim picking. So we, we end up tuning into that because we are craving, you know, something different. And when we see it, we're like reminded about how, how good it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't think that was an insulting question at all. It's a, it's a good point to bring up. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so, uh, all right, well, let's, uh, we, we've taken enough time blowing smoke up, uh, ring of honor and we've talked to impact. We've talked a lot of things. Let's jump into a preview of what's coming up tonight. We're getting close to, uh, AEW dynamite and WWE NXT. I just want to start off with this because I'm proud of my babies. NXT actually has a plan for the evening and I was able to find it beforehand and it just, they don't usually do that. So I'm just got like a little tear in my eye just to see it grow. And it just, it's nice tonight on AEW. Rhea Ripley is taking on Tony storm. That sounds exciting. And uh, Johnny Gargano and Austin theory versus Kushida and Leon Ruff is happening. That should be fun. Also, Karrion Cross is going to be back in action. And I actually am looking forward to this match. Pete Dunn versus Kyle O'Reilly in a number one contenders match for the NXT Championship. So those two guys could go. And uh, I am excited to see them uh, have a matchup. That's NXT for tonight. Uh, if you're looking over at AEW, uh, they had to announce the change to the lineup. Uh, something went on with Wardlow, uh, Family Matter, nothing specified. It was going to be a big 14-man tag team match that he was going to be a part of. And uh, they had they went ahead and just removed Brandon Cutler from the opposing team. So now it's a 12-man tag team match. Will, is this enough uh, men in a tag team for you? Uh, Oh yeah, I don't I don't know if I can handle that one, but uh we'll... <laughs> not not so fast, Will. The the twelve man tag team championship is one of the most historic and <laughs> 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 only if it's defended only if it's defended under pure wrestling rules. <laughs> right. Twelve man tag, pure wrestling rules. Uh well tonight each man, can, each man can only be tagged once. After that, everybody's out. Holy crap, you just sold me. That sounds fun. So once you're once you're tagged out, you're out, right? Yeah, so you, you just gotta leave. About the tag. Yeah. yeah, uh, that's how man. I think you just booked the territory for us here. Uh, <laughs> the inner circle: Chris Jericho, MJF, Jake Hager, Santana Ortiz, and Sammy Guevara are taking on the best friends, Trent and Chuck, the Varsity Blondes, Brian Pillman and Griff Garrison, and Top Flight, Darius and Dante Martin. That is the 12-man tag team match that's happening now. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts also tweeted, he won't be able to appear uh, due to illness. He says, not COVID. Uh, and uh, he just said, these days we all have to be on point. Looking to see, looking forward to seeing everyone in two weeks. Uh, he said, in the meantime, keep your eyes on Lance, Lance Archer for me. Um, Hang on. So he said, so, oh, okay. I was like, he said it's not COVID, but he'll see you in two weeks. There's like a quarantine. Period. Uh, well, they take. I, I yeah. Guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. So sorry, I, I just thought, no, it's not COVID, and uh, I'll see you guys after our quarantine. Right, hmm. right. <laughs> you don't quarantine for a tummy ache, Jake. <laughs> the other matchups taking place tonight. Uh, well, you've got a promo by Sting is guaranteed. 
uh, an interview with Dustin Rhodes. Eddie Kingston will be addressing his enemies. That's specifically how it's written. Eddie Kingston addresses his enemies. Could be uh, anybody. That could be us. It could be. It ain't uh, me. It, it ain't me. Well, it's not Rob. He's friends with Rob. Right. But SCU is taking on the acclaimed, our boy Max Caster from UWN. He's uh, he's making waves in AEW now. NWA Women's Champion Serena Deeb is teaming with Big Swole to take on Eva Lise and Diamante. And Cody Rhodes with Art Anderson is taking on Ed Helico with Jack Evans. Hangman Page, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver are taking on Matt Hardy in Private Party. And AEW World Champion Kitty Omega will be taking on Joey Janela in a no-DQ match. If Janela wins, he ends a future shot at Kenny Omega's title. He will not win. Isn't that the guy that Enzo beat up <laughs> at <the> concert? <laughs> so, <laughs> <New Year's Eve. laughs> so just just so nobody ever accuses us of being um, huge AEW marks, I have a problem with this Kenny Omega, Joey Janela thing, and I get where it's coming from, but I have a very strong opinion about champions fighting in non-title matches. And we don't have to get into that here because Jake and I are actually going to talk about that on Friday in the hot tag. So a promo for that, he and I are going to debate the, uh, the validity and the use of a champion fighting in a non-title match. It's been something that's been done a lot lately. Um, just suddenly I haven't noticed it until like the last month, but you know, we had last week, the young bucks, uh, we were making comments about it. We were watching it in Tennessee. We were watching Dynamite, and um, you know the Young Bucks were uh, were in a match with TH2, I think, and it was a non-title match. But if they won, they got a title shot. And I'm like, I don't. It just doesn't really compute with me. I have my logic breaks down. But um, yeah, the, this whole like, uh, you know, Kenny Omega, the world champion, fighting in a non-title match to see it's like a title qualifier or something. It's just weird. Cause like, I mean, we know he's not going to lose, but like if Joey Janela beats him tonight, how does that, you know, anyways, it just breaks down in my head. So I just wanted to insert that in there. So people don't think that we're just like shills for AEW and we don't ever critique anything that they do. And so I, I see no, re- there, there's no reason why Joey Janela should be taking on Kenny Omega in the first place right now. I mean, there's no, uh, I don't well, know what the basis well, is. Not so fast. I'll be okay. a hypocrite and tell you why. Oh. It's because Joey Janela had to drop out of the tournament. Uh, I think it was due to COVID exposure when they were having the tournament to, to find a contender. And he was supposed to go against Kenny Omega and Kenny got mm-hmm. uh, through that tournament. So this is basically a replay of that saying, if he beats Kenny now, it gives him the clout to challenge for the title. So I, I get some of that. It's just the, the principle of a non-title match that, that gets to me. That's interesting, man. I'm glad you brought that up. I would have never uh, figured that. I'm, I will I will give them credit. They usually do mention these things. Excalibur is pretty solid about bringing that stuff up and remembering uh, the history of AEW to, to tell you exactly those things. But uh, very, very cool. Well, uh, we're getting close. It's almost time for the big Wednesday Night War. Uh, anything you guys wanted to talk about before we uh, wrap this thing up? No, man. Pretty, pretty final, final battle Friday night. Stay tuned. Hot tag on Friday. And then we'll we'll be back on Sunday. 
Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody who joined us. We were going to throw it in the chat, but we've all got families and uh, we ran long talking about all kinds of other crap. We are extremely grateful for every single one of you. Thank you for being here. If you're watching and you're not subscribed already, make sure you hit that subscribe button on the uh, YouTube channel and at least hit that like button. Let us know uh, you appreciated the show. And uh, you can also uh, still looking for a last minute Christmas gift. Don't forget dad's balls. Manscaped.com, promo code NWA pod gets you 20% off and free shipping. I mean, maybe your own balls. I don't know. I'm not being judgmental. Uh, anyway, and, uh, <laughs> just don't forget uh, about balls. We, uh, we almost kept it PG uh, up until then. So, so close. Now it's PG 13. Sorry. Anyway, uh, let's see. Well, uh, I will bring up this one last thing. James H. Jackson Jr bring it up since he brought it up. Did you see on SC scoop Serena deep said NWA could possibly do t television tapings as early as next month. She said it in an interview. She did. Uh, is it safe for if that comes up there for us to say, like we might've heard something similar at some point somewhere. Hmm. Nah, no, we will not say <laughs> that. <laughs> so we're staying out of it. But uh, mm -hmm. interesting that James H. Jackson Jr. said something that might be floating around out in the wow. ether somewhere. It's mind-blowing. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, that's the Dr. Rob Stinson at This is Dr. Stinson. That's uh, the Will at Hey, It's Will. And I am at This is Gary Horde. We are at TIPW Show on everything. So come check us out. Follow us on all the social medias. Check out the podcast. It's out there everywhere podcasts are. And uh, like I said, hit subscribe. Come hang out with us on these live shows. Uh, typically Wednesdays and Sundays, but that's going to bounce around. We feel like we're going to be looser about that schedule, depending on what's going on in the wrestling world. Uh, again, thank you all for coming. But until next week, enjoy your great